What's up, everyone? Welcome to Off Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Jorge Ambriz, and I got an awesome, awesome privilege to be able to be here with you guys one more time. And I'm excited for today. I'm excited because, as you know, Off Beat Podcast is dedicated to bringing you some off beat stories, man, and stories that have gone against the rhythm, the rhythm of life, the rhythm of, you know, expectations. And today's story, man, is is nothing different, man. Today's story is definitely, definitely, I consider it an offbeat story, man. And so today, Jacob Lewis, welcome. What's up, brother? Thanks for having me here. Great job with the podcast. Thank you, man. I appreciate you for uh, being able to be here, man. Thank you for accepting the invitation. I know when uh, our good friend Will uh, set up the, uh, the the chat there, man, and uh, thank you so much, though, man, for 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 accepting the invitation to be able to be here. Likewise. Yeah, Likewise. man. So, so today what um, a lot of you guys might know Jacob Lewis, might recognize his face from uh, certain headlines that he made back in 2020 and then a few that he made in 2021. And uh, But today, you know, we're going to get to a lot of those things, you know, um, as we discussed a little bit earlier. You know, I, I want to definitely dive into a lot of those experiences. But first, man... Where are you from, man? Tell us a little bit about how you grew up. Where are you from? So I was uh, born and raised in Lucerne Valley, which is the high desert. It's right on the other side of Big Bear from here. Okay. Uh, small town, probably six to 8,000 people. Long story short, I grew up with tweakers and bikers and, <laughs> you know, the worst conditions you could think of. So a lot of people have, have me a little bit uh, construed as to, you know, coming from money or whatever. Uh, and it's not the case. So, yeah. uh, I'm high desert, high desert boy, still yeah. live in the high desert, love the high desert. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the, it's, so it's true basically what they say about the high desert. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, yeah. That's all I would hear, Matt. Cause I was, I grew up in Las Vegas, but every time we would travel, you know, out here to California, we always had family out here. And we would just, back then, there was like nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just nothing but desert. You would see a few houses over there. And, and I remember growing up, like our cousins, oh, yeah, man, that's like the high desert, man. That's like Tweakerville, man. That's just, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Tweaker houses and, you know, all the cooking labs and all that stuff over there, man. So You, you get people out in the middle of the desert, you don't know what they'll do. <laughs> but for the most part, the high desert's not like that. It's a, it's, it really is a beautiful place to live. You get all yeah. the seasons. The altitude's yeah. perfect. Uh, the majority of the people are awesome. Yeah, and I mean, we'll go into that a little bit later in yeah. the story. So, and how was your how was your childhood growing up though? Like, you know, as far as I know, you kind of explained what you you know how yeah. it was, but anything different, anything particular that you stands out to you, man? That or any memories, good or bad, that stand out to you? Uh, well, so here it was kind of interesting because my mom's sister married into a, a good family that were um, they were police officers. Okay, so it gave me like the yin and the yang growing up because. Where I was living, it was all criminal. It was, you know, I've I've watched one of my uncles shoot one of my mom's boyfriend in both in both kneecaps and Ooh. you know, over something that he did to my mom. So like I, I would grow up with the outlaws and the and the the law basically. And yeah. the funny thing is, you know, looking back on all of it, it really the people are, are the same. They have the same context. The the same thing the same thing that the police officers in my family taught me is the same thing that the outlaws taught me mm-hmm. when it comes to like basic morals and respect and you know all that type of stuff. So okay. uh pretty pretty interesting background, but that I would say that's what kept me like pretty 
uh, on point. You know, I would go maybe spend a month down at my family's in, in uh, Orange County. And, and I was like, I was like the adopted kid because I wasn't yeah. blood. So, yeah. um, but they showed me what you got when you actually did something and worked, you know, and it was, it was middle income America where we're at now. And I would see and do stuff that I would never see and do when I was at home, Yeah, you know, to where I was washing my clothes out of a bucket at home with, with a kerosene lantern, no water, no, no gas, no power, nothing like that. And then I would go down and you know, a normal middle income house that had showers that had, Oh, we're going to go out to eat tonight. What's that? You know? So, um, it definitely gave me a really good perspective on people because yeah. I've got to see so much from so young. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, I don't regret any of it. I love it. It's, yeah. it's who made me who I am today. And definitely at the same time, um, you know, it's, it also taught me how to stand up for what's right. Definitely. Definitely. And so, Basically, you know, your whole childhood, you know, you spent your high school years there too, I imagine. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, what, what, where, where did you start your journey into, um, cause I, now you're a gym owner, right? Right. Right there in the high desert as yep. well. Mm -hmm. And it's called the gym, right? Yep. The gym HD. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So tell us a little bit how you fell into that. So, uh, <clears throat> well, that'd be a deep hole to fall into, but <laughs> Basically, out of high school, I uh, I started a landscaping company with one of my uncles that was a police officer. Okay. So I started. I moved down. I moved out. Of t I moved down to Orange County. Started doing that. Also got a job at the ninety nine cent store. Um, over a period of time, I ended up moving back to the high desert and getting. I was working at the glass factory up there, and uh, I told. I start. I got my real estate license at a young age and started. You know, hustling like that. Got into lending. I did really good. I didn't know how to manage my money, mm -hmm. but I knew how to make money. And I thought, well, why didn't I just, I didn't understand, like, this is easy. Like I'm making this money and why didn't my parents do this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, why, why is this so hard? So for them, um, but long story short, uh, I saved up some money and I told myself when I had a certain amount of money in my bank account that I would quit that job and then go full time into the lending and real estate. And this is back in like, I don't know, 2003 or something like that. Okay. So it was coming into the really good market and uh, I did it. So I started doing it full time, did great. And then, uh, 2007, I was in a major accident. Uh, I've been airlifted three times. This was my second airlift. I was in a major accident, head injury. Uh, by the time I was able to go back to work, it was 2008. Wow. Well, <clears throat> I have a, a grandma that's still alive today. She's like 103, I think. And back then she was She's still, still alive. Yeah. Still alive. Wow. Yeah. And back then, so whatever that makes her in her eighties or something, yeah. um, she was, she was, I thought she was a little bit crazy, uh, but come to find out she's not, <laughs> uh, she was always telling me, Jakey, save your money, save your money. The yeah. banks are going to close. And I'm sitting here like, grandma, you don't understand. Like they're, the banks aren't going to close. Like you should yeah. see the money that, that they're making. Like, you know, I don't yeah. see that happening. Sure yeah. enough. First bank that closed was, uh, somebody that, that worked in our office. Her husband was the CFO of New Century Mortgage, which if you watch the the documentary, The Big Short, right, that's right. it'll all lay out the whole plan. Yeah. So by the time I was able to go back, it was 2008, you know, and the banks were closed. So that business was dead for me. So then I told myself that the next, the next venture I get into is going to have a res residual income attached to it. So I got into marketing. I started a small marketing company, did great with it. Long story short, I meant the, uh, at the time they were world gyms. I meant the old owner, Okay. built a friendship with them. He wanted out of the business. It was pretty much failing. 
uh, met my partner, which was also a fitness manager at 24. We ended up putting the deal together, purchasing them, going in on it. Now we was this just one world gym or the, the there, entire? Well, it was. I call it one. It was two, but one okay. was like a small. And like, were they both in the, at the high desert? Yeah. Okay. So then uh, we built a, a new gym. It, it ended up like 2015. We got recognized for like nicest gym in in, an era, in America. All kinds of cool stuff like that. Yeah. And then um, fast forward, we ended up. Um, World Gym started getting really corporate with us, and we don't, we're not about that. Yeah. So, what we did is when they started getting corporate with us, we teamed up with some other World Gym owners. My partner and I came up with the brand, the logo, did all that stuff, went and presented it to them. So, we left World Gym and then started the gym. And now we have seven locations on the brand. We're doing a huge licensing push. Now that the, I don't have to, me and my partner don't have to babysit the day to day so much. Yeah. So now we're working on licensing the brand. We're going to push it across the United States. We'll we'll have another one here in Florida, I would say, within the next 60 to 90 days. Nice. And uh, we're launching the new website and all that stuff that's really focused on showing our history with the brand, which, which, is, which is really unique is George Jackson is our partner on the brand. He owns the gym in San Diego, Vista, Tula Vista, and Mesa. And uh, he used to be Joe um, – well, he used to be the CFO for – Gold's Gym International. Okay. Which Gold's Gym International was the, it, it's what started, um, what, how would you want to call it, commercial fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, Gold's Gym is where it really started. So yeah. the guy that took it from one location to like 600 locations is Pete Grimkowski. He's a friend of ours. So our brand has a lot of ties into the original history between George and his gym in uh, Pacific Beach and all that stuff. So now what we're doing is we're really highlighting the the history of the brand and how we're woven into the DNA of American bodybuilding. Okay, okay. So, um, and then also, you know, no corporate control. Yeah. We're doing licensing. We're not doing franchising. So franchising, you have to deal with the feds, which clearly I don't like. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, that just, you, you dictate how people run their business. And in yeah. reality, nobody wants to told, you told how to run their business Yeah, because they could take what you do and make it a little bit better. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cause I, and I remember too, right now that you mentioned about Gold's gym, cause I'm a, I'm a nineties baby. So mm-hmm. I remember Gold's gym everywhere. You know, yeah. I remember being, even it being more popular than 24 hour fitness. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and cause I remember there were in, uh, I grew up out in Las Vegas and yeah. they were everywhere in Vegas. Everywhere. Oh yeah. The, um, so Pete Grimkowski actually lives in the community that I live in. He's the one that I was telling you that, that did that. He took it into Hollywood. He took it into all the WWE, yeah. all the stores when, you know, everybody was wearing gold's gym, buying it at target, yeah. Walmart, Kmart, all that yeah. stuff. He's the guy that did that. Nice. So we have, we have his backing basically, um, and we're kind of running his playbook in a way with a modern approach to it that yeah. we think would be better. And I actually was sitting down with him yesterday in my office and he was like blown away. He's like, man, if I had like what you have right here when, you know, when I started this yeah. in the seventies, it would be, it'd be a whole nother level. Yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome, man. And yeah, I remember the first time I, I, um, I follow a few people that they work out out there in the, the gym in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I actually heard of the name the gym and then from there eventually i heard the gym you know out here in the high desert yeah. i was like okay cool and then it just it was cool how eventually you know when one of my buddies is like oh yeah i know the owner from 
HD, yeah. which is you. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's 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 cool. So it's such a small world. Man. Oh, yeah, for such sure. Such a small world, man. So and then um, I understand you are married as well, right? Uh, we're getting married this August, but okay. yeah, engaged. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're engaged. All yep. right. And then how, how did you guys meet in the same room? Um, it's funny because we I always make a joke about it when people ask that. I say that <laughs> she came with the gym. Uh, so when we first got into the gym, she, her and her family were members and she's always just like stayed loyal to the gym and we became friends after a while. And then eventually I think I asked her to be an ambassador, like a brand ambassador. And then it just went from there. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, that's good, man. That's good. And then I I know you guys are in a few other business ventures. We'll kind of get into that if we can, you know, Um, but I know that even together you guys are in another business venture or do you want to kind of talk about that? Uh, Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, that's an, um, a big part of who we are, you know, like it's fitness and finance for us. And, you know, you want to go down the the rabbit hole of why weren't we taught anything about fundamental finance in school? Talk about, you know, the system wants to intentionally keep us stupid, put our money in the bank, save your money in the bank, let the banks make all your, all the money off of all of our money. And, uh, but yeah, we have a financial services company. Um, it's, uh, American freedom and, uh, we, we hang our licenses with prime America, which is the largest, you know, uh, financial marketing company in the United States. So there's a lot of pull there. And basically it's just undoing all the bad doing a little bit at a time with each family to help with their finances. And just for us alone, you know, I've always been good at making money, but I've always been good at spending money (laughs) too. So with what I've learned from just, you know, putting myself around people that are very successful in the business, now I'm paying that forward to when we go to baby showers now, we don't buy gifts. We give a check in the baby's name to start a up my account or, you know, mutual fund or something like that. So that by the yeah. time the baby's 25, they're going to have money. Nice. You know, Good. so it's... Hey, we're going to have to have another baby, man, and invite you to a baby shower, man. <laughs> oh, man. No. Don't, let, don't let that get out. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Just man. kidding. No, but that's awesome, man. And, and yeah, we have a... There's a couple here. Shout out to Musio and Angie. Um, you know, they're they're great friends of ours mm-hmm. as well, too. And, and they're also in that industry. And... And we've learned so much from them. We've learned so much. Um, we got to know them first back in like 2014, I think, and they taught us so much. And um, we're super grateful for that. Yeah. So that's awesome what you, <clears throat> that you guys are into that. So now let's fast forward a little bit to 2020. So um, we all know what happened in 2020 uh, with the pandemic and everything during COVID-19. And it was something that, you know, just kind of was unexpected to everyone. You know, it was unexpected to a, to a lot of us, you know, the majority of us, nobody expected that to happen, you know, but you also came across some, um, how could we say this? Some, um, ah, what's the word that I'm looking for? You came across some barriers, right? Oh yeah. You know, as a business <clears throat> owner. So let's talk about that, man. What happened in 2020 while you were there doing business and, um, talk a little bit about what happened. Well, so with me, I'm really in tune with, like, I don't get my media from the mainstream media. Yeah. I don't get any information. Like, I have I have resources, and then also, you know, I go to private source or private servers to, like, really follow what's going on. So I actually predicted that they were going to lock everything down probably six months prior. And I was just kind of watching and preparing. And, you know, one of the things, and you could probably go back and find it, or maybe you'll remember it now, but the, the media is all created about fear because if they can keep the public scared, <clears throat> then we're going to be like, oh, fix it. Here's a little bit of our freedoms. Think about 9-11, you know, and not to go too far into that, but a plane hitting a tower with 
beams bigger than this room, it's not going to fall down like it was a controlled demolition. So it was an inside job. What came from 9-11 was TSA Homeland Security you used to be able to walk through the airport. Now you're getting searched, seized, which is a constitutional violation. But what was it? A little bit of fear. Give us a little bit. Give us a little bit of your freedoms. So eventually they can get us away from the Constitution. But anyways, um, you look back to, you know, when they started putting, oh, China has this virus, China has this virus, and videotaping people that were dying in the streets. Yeah, yeah. But when you would go and watch, like, the people falling with their masks on, they would, like, catch themselves. Like, they, you know, if you're, gonna, if you're dying in the streets, you're just flopping. You're not going to be, like, putting right. your arms out. So there's always the little cues and stuff like that. So um, we, were, we were pretty prepared for it. So what we did is um, we shut down for a couple of weeks just to kind of play the game. I was paying attention to what Trump said, which, you know, reopening America, all that stuff. Yeah. So we ended up being the, uh, the first ones. I, I believe it was in the country. It was international news for a while um, to open. And like I was not I wasn't requiring masks. I didn't change any processes. Yeah. You know, I let the people know you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't. If you want to use the gym, use it. If you don't, stay home. Yeah. And at that point, it's about freedom because that's what they're trying to take from us. So luckily, um, we were in a position that had some influence because, you know, the gyms have a lot of members and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, we were able to do something for the people that didn't want to stay home and didn't yeah. want to listen and so on and so forth. But that was in, I think we opened May 1st of 2020. Okay. Uh yeah, because it was everything shut down. When was it? Like around March, right? It was. I think it was initially. I think it was April first or the very end of March. I don't recall. Yeah, now. yeah, around there. Remember, I, I want to say like, yeah. And it started off with like I believe it was like seven days, right? Seven yeah. days. Slow the spread. Slow the spread, mm -hmm. and then fourteen days. Yep. And then eventually it just. And I and I I remember that too. I remember. Yeah, I was. You you know what? I think it was towards the end of March because it was pretty much all of. April and then I remember in May, yeah. you know, they started to give, you know, counties started to give like, you know, certain ordinances and say, okay, well, you know, if you're essential, you know, open this up, you know, go ahead yeah. and, and start so giving different. What they did is that they didn't start doing that until like July, when they started like opening certain counties. They did it for like a minute and then they yeah. shut them all back down. Do you remember that? Well, because I, the reason why I say that is because I know. Here, our church, mm -hmm. right here, I think it was like in May, right? It was like around May of 2020. And I know that they were, it was, if I'm not mistaken, I think think that's when, um, I think that's when Trump even like said that uh, churches were essential, something yeah. that mm -hmm. part of essential businesses right. because stores were opening up and things like that. And because I remember we opened up, mm -hmm. I remember my our, our pastor here, he opened up and he kind of did the same thing. He said, well, you know, if... There's masks available. There's, you know, sanitizers available. You know, if you want to use them, great. If you don't want to use them, you know, we're not. Same thing. He wasn't yeah. obligating anyone. People that wanted to come, they were welcome to come. People that wanted to stay home and watch online, right. they were welcome to stay home and watch online, you know. But we just kind of, but because a lot of people were doing outside. Right. You know, and he's like, you know, I remember him saying like, no, like we have this building like, why am I going to, yeah. you know, buy a, another tent or an outdoor setting, you know, to have service? You know, maybe yep. have a building, just, you know, let's let's be cautious, let's watch it, and then let's let's have service. Because, I mean, you know, it's 
we we felt that we were essential, right? Especially during that time. Yeah. What happened with us is uh, I called the staff in the night before mm-hmm. and just let them know, hey, this is what we're doing. Some of you probably aren't going to want to be a part of it, mm-hmm. and if if you are, great. I'm going to try to take as much of the heat as I can for all yeah. this. So um, we're opening tomorrow. And we lost a couple people, but for the most part, we ended up staying, having drinks and stuff. And I did a post that evening that was why I was doing it, which yeah. included our vets and military. And at that point, we had a uh, somebody that was a new staff member uh, kill himself because the mental health that was in our communities was all screwed up. And it still yeah, is today. It still is. Yeah. So I did that post. And needless to say, that went crazy it went viral because you got to remember there's everybody's on lockdown everybody's on their phones right. and nothing's open and then with the way the media paints it out is they paint me to be the devil so it sends all the trolls in the bot accounts and all that stuff right and it, it ended up being like a huge you know, i was like dang this went a lot bigger than i thought because yeah. there's some comments that i said um online that like when people were attacking us and obviously i'm a counter puncher so i'm gonna punch back <laughs> And uh, that ended up on TMZ the next morning. By 9 o'clock the next morning, it was all, oh, the gym owner, this, that, blah, blah, blah. No way. You know, grandma killer and this and that and, you know, spreader, whatever the heck they were using. But that's kind of what fired it off was uh, Instagram. And uh, it it definitely went viral. Yeah. It was a nonstop chaos. I mean, it's funny stories. That's why, why we're actually in the financial services business because all the death threats and chaos that was going on I looked at my girl and I was like we should probably get some life insurance (laughs) and she's like yeah I think so too so I mean they were threatening like my dog I I put a security system on the house just because I knew I could be there before the cops were there uh it was just crazy I mean they they, uh Maltese cocktailed one of the gyms they came by with automatic pellet guns shot up our our windows like all kinds of stuff and to be honest with you I think a lot of that stuff's all paid stuff that trickles down from the people that are controlling our government to try to shut people up and scare them. Yeah. Um, for us, it didn't, yeah. it didn't stop us. I mean, either that or even, you know, like my, my perspective on that is that it's just, that's what's so crazy about when you, with mainstream media period, you know what I mean? Mainstream media is that one of the things that we saw in 2020, you know, and I think that we can agree on is that how information was passed down and how people, I think because they were shut down, a lot of us were shut down, the way we took in that information, you know, the state of mind that we were all in, many people just, you know, started, you know, playing, you know, labeling bad guy, good guy, good guy, bad guy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I just think that it's it was sad to see, you know, yep. it was really sad to see because kind of going back to why you even did it, you know, that's kind of like what I kind of even want to focus on right now because the whole purpose of why you were doing it was... Of course, yeah, it was, you know, our freedom to be able to do it. But at the same time, you were you were using the human factor, you know, right. what I mean? which was you wanted to look out for people. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, people because it's it one thing that we can absolutely agree on. And I think anyone can agree on was that that was one of the worst mental state that people went through during that time. COVID-19, 2020, the shutdown what it, it it destroyed a lot of people mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, and even physically. I mean, there were so many people. How many people gained weight during that time? How many people committed suicide during that time? How many people, you know, how many families were broken apart during Drugs, that time? Drugs, alcohol consumption. How, exactly. How many ex-drug addicts that maybe were, you know, were um, battling, you know, where maybe, maybe at one point they had conquered 
their addictions, but now because their work was stripped away from them, their rights were stripped away from them, a lot of things were stripped away from them. And when you put a man, a woman, into a situation where they don't know what to do with themselves, they don't know how to cope with those things, that's exactly what you saw. You saw them go back to drugs. You saw them go back to alcohol. Or many start. Yep. You know, and it was it was really sad to see. And so that's why I wanna I wanted to kind of pause and point that out because at the end of the day, like, yeah, there's we can there's arguments on both sides, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, let's really take a look at why he did what he did. Yeah. You know, let's really take a look at why he did what he did. So why demonize a person for doing what he did? We weren't demonizing people when they were going into Home Depot. Right, or Costco or, or any Costco of the big corporations. Or Walmart, you know what I mean? If anything, they were fighting <clears throat> over the toilet paper. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that's something that I really did a big push on when I opened was the mental health of our community. Mm-hmm. And to be dead honest with you, I've been in the gym business since 2012. Mm-hmm. I've never, um, I don't know if it's because being so busy or whatever, I never realized the mental side of it mm-hmm. until I walked through the gym one day and it was empty and I was like, this place sucks. Like, because it's usually has so much energy. There's so much movement. There's so much, you know, people communicating and talking and conversing. That's what it's all about, which is another thing about the shutdown. Keep people separated, beat up their mental health, do all this stuff, because then people don't talk. Um, But, yeah, that was a huge push. And just to show you, like, you know, you look at the agenda of the media. Our media is owned by six corporations. And follow the money. And that's Fox News. All all of them are all bogus. And they're all all made to you know, divide. So they, 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 uh, how do you say that? Good cop, bad cop type of deal. But look at, by me coming out and saying, I'm opening for the mental health of our community and I'm going to be here for our our community and I'm not shutting down. uh, They flip that on me to, or, you know, they flip that like, wait a minute, I was talking about mental health here. Now you're talking about me being a racist. You're talking about this, 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 this. And then what it does is the minds of our youth is so, between TikTok and all the stuff, the minds of our youth is it. They are so manipulated and so just like there's a code over their eyes. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. So then when they're told like, oh, this, 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 they're instead of thinking logically, they're thinking emotionally yeah. or acting emotionally. And um, you know, you, you really got to sit back and think like, why are we still listening to these people? Why are we still even, why are they still on our TVs? Why are they on our phones? Why are we still listening yeah. to the people that are painting that type of picture when in reality they could be showing the truth and it would be a whole nother, whole yeah. nother outcome? Right. Or sharing the truth and, and being able to, to be unbiased about things because I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, and that's what I've always had an issue with is it with either side of the spectrum, you know what I mean? When it comes to politics and all that, like either side of the spectrum, I've always had the problem with that, with that. It's like you almost have to follow through with everything that either side says, you know what right. I mean? And, and, and I'm totally against that, like just straight out, totally against that because it doesn't allow us to be logical. It doesn't allow us to form our own opinions. And I think that the big problem with being able to form our own opinions is being able to have conversations. So if you take the human factor, the conversation factor, the one-on-ones, you know what I mean? The being able to build communities, the being able to, you know, socialize, you know, and, you know, that factor itself is what teaches us to be able to, because when I'm talking to you one-on-one, when I'm right here, right in front of you, we're having a conversation, 
I'm able to see your expressions. I'm right. able to see where you're coming from. I'm able to hear you out. So it put it it it, it channels me down because if if let's say we're in a heated argument, well, at that moment I can kind of see like, well, what's really going on? You know, I can channel mm-hmm. myself down to be like, well, hey, may, maybe this guy's just upset or vice versa, right? But with social media and everything, you know, I think sometimes like, yeah, the me- media has a big big they're good marketers. Like they're good at marketing, period. Mm-hmm. Wherever they are, they're good at marketing. And like you said, if they can gain they, if they can gain people to follow them, you know, if they can win their hearts, I'm going to say that. If they can win their hearts, if they can win the emotions of the youth, they got them. Regardless of what's the belief, regardless of if they can gain that emotional side, they got them. Yep. And and, and let that's me the, let me add real thing. quick, the only way that they can do that is by the parents letting them meaning raise your kid with an iPad, raise your, raise your kid with an iPhone or whatever, instead of like teaching them real, the only way that they can, and that's why they go after the youth. Look at our school systems. You know, they're teaching critical race theory and all this stuff about trannies and all this stuff. That's not what school is for. And I mean, just to go a little bit further, the property tax on this building, 57% of it goes into our school system. 57% of your house property tax, that's just one income stream for these schools these public schools, we are paying to indoctrinate our children. So if the if parents don't start paying attention to what they feed their kids, whether it's food or information, then we're going to lose this country. And it's it's on the fast track right now. Yeah. No, and I and I and I agree that as parents we have to be better. Like we do. That's one hundred percent. I I can agree with that, you know, and and being able to show them like one of the things with my kids is that is I try to show them, like, hey, the, the empathy factor, you know what I mean, the sympathy factor, the being able to, 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 being able to relate with others, you know what I mean, being able to socialize with others. Because when you lose that, that's why you get so much hate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you get people that will hate you so blindly for no reason, you know. And kind of going back to that situation, so here you guys are opening their gym, you know what I mean, you guys are going against the grain. Um, you know, all these threats, all these things are happening to you guys. How does that, where does that put you like as a person, like how does that start to make you feel? Well, I'll tell you one thing, you got to have thick skin and luckily, (laughs) luckily I do. I'm not going to say that you, you come out. I mean, this is, well, let me go into this. What's going on right now is a spiritual warfare. There's a war going on and it's not only like in a physical way, but through the mind and spiritually. Right. So if you think about it that way, like, I mean, man, I could tell you so many crazy stories like of, you know, accounts that were writing me and my girl simultaneously, like being very vulgar and then texting me at the same time, it being the same person and then bringing up stuff that only my girl and I talked about in a text message. Nobody else knew. So what does that tell you? They're in the phone. Like you push back, they're going through your phones. They're going to mess with you in any way that they can. And there's been so much like it really like you can you really learn um, people because, you know, people with weak minds are going to be easy to be. um, I guess you could say overtaken by a demon or something like that. And you can literally see it in these people. You could see it. I mean, federal workers that I've dealt with, their pupils are all dilated, like Homeland Security, like all the way through it. There's, there's, it's bigger than what we think right now. It's not just a power struggle between 
people wanting to overthrow the United States and China and this and that. It's a lot bigger. Look at the Super Bowl performance that just happened. Look at the one before that. There's all kinds of satanic symbolism and everything. So what does that tell you? It's a spiritual warfare going on. And with that, uh, it's what goes on, like the attack that goes on, like, I mean, I'm seeing my girl attacked. I'm seeing my dogs attacked. I'm seeing my family attacked, my business attacked. The last one you think about yourself. Then I'm seeing people that defend, that will go out and defend with all the trolls and all the craziness going on, them get attacked, their DMs getting blown up. I mean, there's people going on in my niece's page. She has an epilepsy page. She was four years old and talking crap about my niece. Then I go on there and, you know, I said, uh, I said, check it out, dude. Like, I don't care. I'll go to, I'll I'll go to jail in order to take care of a a chomo, meaning like a pedophile, right? Mm -hmm. Because what he was saying on there. And then um, the the media switched that, the saying that I'll go to jail uh, in order something to like insinuating like homosexual, and it wasn't anything about that, like yeah. saying that I'm going to hurt somebody as a homosexual, and it wasn't even anything like that. So that's just to give you like some of the a taste, a little bit of it. Um, but man, yeah, I'll tell you what, dude, it's been the adrenaline. It definitely takes a toll because when you're running on a high adrenaline for yeah. a long time, then after it comes down, everything crashes. So you have to like literally rebuild your body back. And then that's usually when, you know, you'll start drinking more or this or that because you're trying to compensate compensate for the feeling of where you normally are. But you're just like everything is just your adrenals are drained. You know, your penile is fried. Everything's fried in between. So that's that's probably the best way to put it that I could think of. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, it it was all out chaos. Like you got to think when you got everybody, you know, I did something like 72 news interviews with every news interview. They would, here comes the whole other side of things that, you know, it could be real people that are just truly manipulated by the system and bots and, you know, everything in between. So, uh, yeah, you gotta have thick skin for sure. I've learned a lot from it. Yeah, no, I bet. And because I, I did see, watch one of the YouTube videos on, um, on one of the news, news, like a news clip, I believe. And, you know, because it, it did sound like um, you had a lot of support, too, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a lot of, like, your your gym goers and things like that. Um, I don't know if some were even part of your staff, but you did have support even from your community. Is that yep. so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing that, I, that I'm really proud of that, <clears throat> you know, being the forefront of all this stuff yeah. is it woke up a lot of people. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, we'll go into that in a little bit, but like I had a, I had a large following on my social media and I was always very active on what's real, you know, showing what the cause and effects of what Newsom's pushing through outside. This is before, um, COVID, but what he was doing, like how he was handcuffing our law enforcement and allowing the criminals to do whatever the heck they want in our, in our streets. And then, you know, being business owners, I want to make sure that my people are protected when they come in and have a good environment. Yeah. So we are, we've always been proactive on, you know, all the against prop 47 and all the stuff that they're doing there. But yeah, I got on a little tangent right there, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay, man. And you know, and, and, and we're just conversating, man. A lot yeah. of it, and a lot of it is, is, is new information to me. You know, a lot of it is things that, you know, like I say, we were able to witness as well. And, um, but yeah, you know, one of my, I always kind of stood by, um, you know, when people started to reopen, 
you know, like I said, our church, we reopened during that time and, 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 um, you know, we started having services, you know, right. and, and of course we were recording, we were, you know, we were catering to those that felt safe at home, you know, like that was their right to do that. You know, we weren't forcing anyone to, you know, um, to come, you know, at all, you know, if they wanted to great, they were more than welcome, you know, but you know, like our pastor, he took a stand on saying, no, you know what, like this is something essential because that was the big, that was the big belief. It wasn't so much a political stance. It wasn't so much, you know, about, you know, who, right or left it was just about the basic principle of you know what like people need community mm -hmm. you know people need their sanity you know what i mean right now more than ever you know and we see the effects even to this day you know there's a lot of people that have disconnected you know from reality that have disconnected from people family members you know we've seen you know one i feel like this is the biggest division i've seen in all my life this is one of the biggest division and i've seen some big divisions in my life you yep. know i you know, I lived through the 90s riots, you know, it, you know, even though I was in Vegas, but the, that, you know, it translated over there to Vegas, you know, so, you know, it was big race wars over there. So we, I've been wit able to witness um, a lot of division, but not like this, yeah. not at this level. There was so much division, you know what I mean? And, and I, I honestly do blame a lot. I, I 100% blame the media for that because it really was a scare tactic. It really was, you know something that they used, you know what I mean? And, you know, I'm, I, I will say it, you know, it really was because it was during, you know, I, I'm not going to get into, because I don't know the whole theories or the whole, but I will say that they did do a good job during an election year, you know what I mean? To sway people into hating one side more than the other. Yeah. They did a perfect job at that. Well, yeah. And that goes, you know, it's not a coincidence that they're so in sync with our government's yeah. agenda. And it goes on both sides. Like there's, it's not Republican or Democrat. Yeah, a lot more of the de Democrats are a little bit whacked, but um, it's it's not a coincidence. No. There, this this whole this is a this is an agenda that has been put in place a long time ago, and it started with killing Kennedy. So what's going on now is we're coming to the end of a 16 year plan, and it was eight years Obama, eight years Clinton. What happened? The Trump administration came in with backing of part of our military and beat Clinton. They never expected it. We should be losing a world war right now on our territory at the end of Clinton's second term, which is right now. So what the, what's happening is they're fast forwarding it because they're trying to play catch up from the last four years of the Trump administration being in office to now. And that's why it's exposing so much more. I mean, look around. People are waking up. There, you know, you talk to somebody a year and a half ago and talk to that same person today about what's going on, and they they could have been on the other side of the table. They could have been a Biden supporter, which, mind you, he didn't get eighty million votes. I don't care what anybody says. The guy can't even get two thousand views on a YouTube video. Come on. So, um, and that's you know, they went in. What they have to do? They froze the election, filled filled mail-in ballots, filled fake uh, fake ballots, and all of a sudden, you see the fraud uh, or the escalation and votes go up for Biden at the same time across the country. Like it's not a coincidence. So, and I think all that stuff's going to be coming to a head within the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And I, I personally, I try not to get too crazy and too caught mm -hmm. up in that, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, because again, you know, I, I value my sanity, you know what I mean? Number one, you know, like, and no, no, uh, um, 
no disrespect towards anyone yeah, else yeah. or even you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, I, I, you know, but I value my sanity, you know? Right. And, and I remember, um, you know, the reason why I say that is because, you know, there were, there were a few things, there were a few incidents that even occurred during 2020 where I had to just pull away. You yeah. know, I had to pull away and I said, you know, because some of my core beliefs, you know what I mean? Just to kind of give you perspective and it's not so much because I want to be politically correct, yeah. but it's because, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in, in Christ. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was 18 years old, 18 years old. And, you know, I, I should have been dead, you know, I should have been dead or locked away, you know? So I took that opportunity of life, you know what I mean? That, that I got when I was 18 and I, I've ran with it ever since, you know, and I live every day grateful, you know, but I try to live my life, you know, according to, to his principles and his values. You know, I try to follow him in the best way. I'm not perfect, but I try to follow him in the best way possible, you know, and, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, when when I try to follow him because when you see his life, when I read the Gospels, when I see his life, you know, he he was very careful in not getting caught up so much in the political craziness that was going on in Rome during that time. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wanted Jesus to get involved. You know, everyone wanted him to come and be the savior and and fight off the Romans and, you know, take that all, you know, take the, their power away, give the power back to, you know, to, to Israel, to, to the Jewish people. And that, that's what they were craving for. That's, right. They wanted that saving power. You know what I mean? But he didn't, you know, he came in a different way in a different perspective. You know, now, am I to say that everyone should live that way? No. You know, I, I feel that when people are pursuing politics and, and get involved in things like that, like I respect it. You know, I really do. I, I believe it's their right. You know, I right. believe that if you have a purpose for that, go for it. You know what I mean? If that's your purpose in doing that, go for it. You know what I mean? If you see a future in things like that, I always say, go for it. You know, me, myself, you know what I mean? Speaking of myself, you know, I see more of a purpose in that sense of when I see Jesus's life, you know, like my purpose is to, and that's why I, me, I'm so caught up and and my purpose is to bring the human factor of people's stories, you know what I mean? And to really bring out what it is that what's happened in their life, tell their story and then be able to communicate that to people. You know what I mean? And be able to, to really get, give that sense, you know what I mean? Of, because at the end of the day, there's no side that's going to, that's going to save us. No. You know what I mean? We got to save ourselves. Yeah, we have to exactly. You know what I mean? And, and, and even that though, like there's going to be a point where we're not even going to be able to save ourselves because the things that are to come, I believe that they're going to come. There's things that are going to happen that are just going to happen, and we have no control. Because at the end of the day, you know, my my belief system, you know, my my core values is that at the end of the day, you know, God is the one in control. You mm-hmm. know, and whatever does come to happen, you know, will happen with or without us. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, we just have to really trust and and walk the best way that we can. Guard our children, protect our children. You know, those around us. You know what I mean? And just, you know, but I remember midway down the pandemic, I had to just shut everything down because I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Because it was just something yeah. that was just pulling you. You know, you could, that, that goes what I'm saying. They're marketing geniuses. Mm-hmm. They really are, you know, and they just pull you in to a belief system or a set of this, you know, and it will just pull you and you will begin to feel things that you're like, why am I even feeling this? Right. And that's, uh, yeah. that's funny you say that because that's something that I taught everybody when, uh, you know, going through all this stuff was, um, all you have to do is just resist. They mm-hmm. tell you to take the vaccine. Don't, 
They want to cram all this money down your throat to get a vaccine. Don't do it. Yeah. They want to tell you to shut your business down. Don't do it. They want you to wear a mask. Don't do it. Cause that's really the only way to pull us out of that situation yeah. is just complete resistance. Mm-hmm. So, um, and now it's, you know, we're three years into this and it's a little bit different now, but yeah. you still see people that are just lost. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't know what to do. And it's, and it's, and I think that was a big factor is just that people didn't know where to stand, you know? And that's why I really chose a very neutral stand because I said, you know what, at the end of the day, I really need to just understand where my core values are, where I stand. And that's why it's a beautiful thing to have conversations Mm -hmm. because it really does put in perspective, well, why is it that you do what you do? Why is it that you believe that you believe? And it's like, okay, well, I might not agree, but I could still respect you. I yeah. can still treat you as a person and vice versa. You know what I mean? But with social media, with the media, it's like all you, it's just jabs, mm-hmm. jabs. Like it's like every, you know, that's what you saw so much. It was just people just jabbing at each other, mm-hmm. jabbing, 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 jabbing. And nobody was pausing to just, you know, and I think I remember, cause I think it was the last thing that just kind of like, I try to comment something and it just like, so, and it was it wasn't even anything bad like it was just a normal comment i tried to comment and it just blew up to out of proportion and i said you know what dude i'm done with this man i'm done with this this is this is stupid this is out of hand this this is pointless you know what i mean like i'm just i'm just going to step away from this man right yep yes yeah, I, I get you there. Yeah. I mean, I was in the middle of all of it. So, and like, yeah. I I felt like there was a, um, not a, uh, there was a responsibility because I started something. Yeah. So I'm not going to, and I'm definitely not going to back down right. no matter who it is, if it's the federal government or whatever, because all yeah. that karma will come on them sooner than later, you know? Yeah. So, um, no, and, I re- and I respect that, you know, about you, you know, I really do because- like I said, you know, there's things that will fall into our laps that is going to give us that purpose. You right. know, and, and maybe this was something that fell into you. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure you didn't plan it. Oh, no. I'm sure you didn't start off, you know, your New Year's resolution in 2020 and <laughs> say, yeah, I'm going to get into a, a battle with. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go after the everybody right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what I want people to understand is that, you know, this wasn't something you planned. This wasn't something... Because I'm sure you've you've been labeled a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Racist. Let me ask: Are you a racist? Yeah, well, I'm gonna. I'll tell you the same thing <laughs> I told the FBI. That's a stupid question. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm sure you wouldn't be here talking to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm. I'm. A, you know, why would you come and sit down with this Mexican dude? Yeah. You know what I mean? And on his podcast, why? Yep. You know, and and so it's it just sucks though. It's sad though when you do live with labels though. When mm-hmm. people do try to label you. Well, and especially, I mean, you got to think like the way that I was raised. And like, I don't disrespect anybody unless it's like, there's something, there's a cause and effect there that something needs to be said or done. Right. So when you have people coming at you from everywhere, and like I said, I'm a counter puncher, like the hell you're going to talk to me like this. Like you wouldn't say this to my face. Yeah. You know, you would. Yeah. And, and then, you know, then you, you check them, say something back to them. And then all of a sudden the media gets a hold of it and it's a whole other context, a whole other context. Like, um, when all the protests were going on in the high desert, uh, you know, BLM was up there and, you know, now we know, well, I, and now more people know what BLM really was. Right. But, um, there was protests going on and I have like five or six police officers that live on my street that I, that I are friends. And, uh, it happened that the FBI sent a memo to San Bernardino County sheriffs 
and it said that um, there's word that they're going to be there's going to be um, Antifa and BLM are going to be coming into our our area because it's a heavy conservative area and whatever looting or whatever. Right. So uh, I did a post on my Instagram story. I just said, Hey, word on the street is cause, Oh, and that's what they also said. My name was number one on the list. So, um, I did a post on, because of all the media and all that stuff. Yeah. So I did a post on my Instagram saying, Hey, word on the street is Antifa and BLM are coming to rate and loot, uh, loot or whatever spring Valley Lake. So I'm having a party, bring your friends and bring your guns or sleeping bags or something like that. And they, the media flipped that to, I was going to go shoot up protesters Yeah, all over the media. So then imagine, you know, like the, the common person that doesn't understand that the media is 99% false. What do they do? Attack. Oh, yeah. racist, yeah. homophobe, this, you know, whatever all the other agenda stuff is. Yeah. Um, but that, that's just an example of how yeah. the media will twist something. Oh yeah. They will always twist something. I mean, I've, it sucks to say, man, but, you know, and I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate right here if it's okay with yeah. you, man. But you know what? Like, you know, I mean, kind of, you know, not in a bad way, but well, in a way, like, it's kind of like you kind of drew into what a lot of people's world is sometimes, mm-hmm. though, because that's not a mystery to me, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, like I said, I grew up in the 90s, and I saw the media society twist things from the very, you know, from... From a very young age, I would see, you know what I mean, how people would be labeled to be something bad when they weren't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, um, you know, it started since, you know, when I was little, when they would, you know, they would label, you know, that all Mexicans were gang members, you know, or all blacks, you know what I mean, were thugs, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that was when rap music, when hip hop music, you know, was was out and about when it was first. Now it's embraced, you know what I mean, because it's convenient. Well, think about this. So just what you just said, backwards in history, you know, it was you know, the blacks or the Mexicans or this or this or Muslims are terrorists or this. And now it's the whites are racist. Right. So think about that time period of however many decades that is. Mm -hmm. They got these people hating these people. They got these people hating these people. They got these people hating these people. Now they got all these people hating these people. What does that do to the country? Yeah. It all, all it does is put wool over our eyes where they're over here, you know, funneling money through Ukraine and doing all this stuff with Pfizer and all these other companies. We're blind to it. When in reality, if people just wake up like, um, which we'll get into that in a little bit, January 6th, um, there, there would be none of this stuff. No, there would be, because we control this country. The people control the country, no matter what color you are. The Constitution applies equally to all of us. Yeah. And that's what we need to get back to. Yeah. If we all start focusing on the Constitution in this country, sky's the limit. And we start seeing the good in Mm -hmm. each other. You know, we have to really start seeing the good in each other, focusing on, on, you know, who we really are as people. You know what I mean? And, And not just, you know, getting away from the stereotypes, getting away from the labels, getting away from what, like you said, the media is just trying to conquer and divide, divide and conquer. And if they keep doing, if they're doing a good job at it, you know what I mean? If they keep, if we keep allowing that, it's just going to continue to happen. Yep. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and I remember, because I remember something very clear happened. You know, I have, um, I have some good friends that are black and good friends that are white, you know? And um, I remember when things started popping off, you know, when, when you know, um, the whole race thing started to really pop off again in our country in mid-2020, you know, I remember, you know, texting them. We have a, had a group chat. And I remember texting them and telling them, hey, man, you know what, guys? I don't know what's happening, but something weird is happening and something is just going to explode. Mm-hmm. Things are just going to get really crazy. 
And it's really going to just, you know, we got to be careful. And I remember telling them, like, let's not lose sight of our reality. What is our reality? Our reality is that I'm a Mexican, you're black, and you're white, and we're good friends. Mm-hmm. We love each other. We respect each other. We bond with each other. We've, we've gone, we've shared drinks together. We've done this together. Let's not lose sight of that. Well, you pick, you, know your, I mean? you pick your friends off of character, not off of color. Right. And that's where people are all skewed because of the system. It doesn't matter what color you are. Yeah. How do you act? What do you do? Right. Like, you know, that's character. Yeah. Character is who you are when nobody's looking. Yeah. So um, that's what we need to get back to also. Yeah. And I'm going to even like kind of, I'm going to kind of like not, not so much push back on that, but I'm even going to kind of put my perspective into that because I know that some people might hear that and might say, well, well, yeah, but what about if you grew up in, in an all black neighborhood or you grew up in an all white neighborhood or you grew up in an all Mexican neighborhood? Well, I'm a, you know, I, I, I can honestly say that, you know, I am a, you know, um, I witnessed, you know, firsthand, you know, that it is possible. You know, yeah. I grew up in Vegas in the projects right there on 28th Street and Yearsign. And if everyone, if anyone that's listening knows Vegas, 28th Street between Stewart and Bonanza, it was crazy during the 90s. Crazy, crazy. Gunshots all the time. You had one side, you had all black people on one side. And on the other side, you had all Mexicans, literally. And there was race wars going on all the freaking time, mm-hmm. all the time. And you know what? Um, I grew up in that environment. But early on, man, what I, what I started to learn was, you know, through sports, you know, and through different things, you know, is that we started to play with each other. As little kids, we started to play. And even though all this madness was going on, you know, some of the good friends growing up, some of our good friends, my brother can even witness this, some of our best friends growing up, you know, it weren't all just Mexicans. They weren't just white. They were black people. They were white. Because of what you said was imp- is very important, mm-hmm. is that if we learn to pick out people that we can bond with, that, you know, that their characters match with something, like their words match with things that we said, you know what I mean? It can make a world's difference. If we don't allow ourselves, you know what I mean? Because if we would have allowed ourselves to, you know what I mean, to... Um, um, you know, to be brainwashed by everyone else or or even the older generation and things like that, those relationships would have never happened. You know what I mean? But, you know, and our parents played a big part in that too because our parents, you know, they weren't like that. You know, our parents, even though they were immigrants from Mexico and everything, but one thing they always said was that you always treat people with respect. Mm-hmm. Don't, regardless of who they are, if they treat you right, you treat them right. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't ever pay anyone wrong. Or go into it treating them right and ex- ex- let the actions go from there. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so we allowed that, you know, to, to, we allowed that to rule in our hearts. You know, we didn't allow hate to rule in our hearts. And, and that's why, you know, growing up, we had bad experiences, good experiences, you know, but we never allowed that to categorize people and say, you know, everyone is like this. All right. white people are like this. All black people are like this. All Mexicans are like this. No, you know, we were taught to get to know that person. <clears throat> and yeah, you can, can never, make... never use the word all exactly when you're referring to anything because yeah. it's just not going to be accurate. No, exactly. So let's move forward, man. I know we got caught up in that. And that it's, it's a lot, man. There's a lot. Uh, to it can go on. We can go it, on for days. Yeah, it, we really can. And uh, but let's fast forward now. So the whole circus happens so in 2020. I told um when uh, 2020, I'll just just to kind of give people a real insight on what goes on, because 
all the COVID stuff is all recommendations and all fear tactics. Mm -hmm. They can't do anything. And they know if they do, it'll be a huge civil rights violation. So um, I'll just, I'll go into uh, a couple of the situations that happened after we opened. I, I, I know a lot of the sheriff's department up there, not, not a lot, but I know enough of them because a lot of them work out and, you know, they know that we support the departments and all that stuff. So they sent in four really big officers. They were trying to do like an intimidation thing, I think, that I've never seen, never met before. And they came in, they're like, hey, uh, we need to talk to you. And I was like, all right, cool. So come into my office. So they sit down and they're like, we're here to ask you to shut down. And I said, well, you said that, right? You're here to ask and I'm not going to. And it's no disrespect to you. But, you know, I went into like why I was doing it, showed him some messages from some vets that I got and what was going on. And then they're like, well, uh, well, we'll be back in a week to check on. I was like, well, do me a favor. Don't waste your time. Don't waste taxpayers money and don't waste my time. Don't come back because the answer is going to be the same. And then uh, I, I told him, I mean, there, it was, I won't repeat it on here because we're in a church, but I told him, I was like, you can take this message back to Newsom or take this back to your boss, tell him to take it to his boss and tell him to take it to his boss until it gets to Newsom. And then I just said a quick little phrase. And um, shortly after that, they left, they never came back. Yeah. And then shortly after that, we got a cease and desist letter from Newsom mm-hmm. and his attorney. And we sent him back. I had a phrase that went viral that was that I that was like something that Gavin Newsom and we made T-shirts out of it. So I sent him and his attorney back a copy of the T-shirt, which was insulting Gavin Newsom and a copy of the Constitution and never heard from them either. So I just wanted to put that out there because people need to know it's it's okay to resist. Yeah. And even if it even if it would have went a whole nother way, it's still okay. Yeah. So um at the end of the day it's it's our system. Yeah. Let me ask you something. And I think it's just to kind of get get the get it out of the way from the listeners. Like because you really went into, you know, war mode, even political Mm -hmm. mode. You know, do you feel that was necessary or do you look back? I know you probably don't regret I probably know what your answer is gonna be. But do you feel there was could have been a more respectful way of doing that for people that say, well, why did he have to do that? No, the people that are saying, why did he have to do that? The pe- are the people that aren't willing to put up the fight. Yeah. Like I'm 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 willing to lay it on the ground. I come from, you know, military in my family. All my grandpa yeah. served in the military. I didn't. But uh, I, I come from that type of raising and yeah. I know what's at stake. It's not only for your kids, it's for my future kids. Right. It's for all the rest of the people in the country that, you know, we let this country go. And yeah, it's, it's not that that saved the country, but it woke up a lot of people and it, it helped a lot of people across right. the country with their mental health and business owners all over the place yeah. and resistance and, you know, just brought a lot of people together when they were trying to separate us. Yeah. So um, could I have done it differently? Maybe. Would I want to? No. Yeah. No, because like at the same time, like, you know, I feel like, yeah, sure. There was some, I was vulgar on things and this and that, but also I, I wasn't the one poking. Right. I was being poked. So, right. um, no, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Yeah. I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually I'll take this back. The only thing I would change is probably documenting more of it. I should have had yeah. more of it for the people to see, yeah. which we did a pretty good job until my accounts got swiped, but um, that's one thing. That's the only regret right. I have is more documentation. Yeah. And we actually have a, there's a, we, uh, what do you call it? A documentary or the guy that does document- videography. Yeah. There you go. We have all the footage from like all the gyms and stuff like that, that we all 
when we all open and behind the scenes stuff yeah. and other stuff. So that that'll be coming out soon too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing that I regret. Yeah, no, definitely. Because it's, especially nowadays, like, it's like, man, you have to almost record everything, man. I know it's sad too. Cause I'm not like that. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not know, like that yeah, either. I don't, I don't want, I don't want anything on camera. Yeah, if no. it's something pops off, it pops off, you yeah. know? No, it's, and it's, <clears throat> yeah. And it really is. It really, it sucks to, to, you know, that was one thing I've always been afraid of even social media is because like, man, like, you know, it's so one-sided, mm-hmm. you know, it's so one-sided, Unless you actually have documentation to right. be able to put like, look, you know, but even then, you know, people, I just feel that at, at, at times people are just going to think whatever they, they want to think. You yeah. Know what I mean, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, and you know, you did what you felt was necessary to do and Hey man, you know what I mean? If that's what you felt was necessary, I mean, who can argue with it? Yep. You know, it worked. And like you said, it really did do a lot for, I'm sure for, for the people that were going, right. that were attending the gym that needed that stress reliever that needed to get their minds out of that space, you know what I mean? And and for other businesses, you know, because th- that was one of the biggest things, and we mentioned it a little bit earlier, was that I couldn't understand why certain churches or certain businesses, they were shutting them down, but then you had these big, you know, I mean, I would, I did a, uh, some remodeling in, uh, during 2020, and I would go to Home Depot almost every day, and man, it was crazy the amount of people, crazy or how about the of how people. about what they do at Costco, they... They limit the hours and then herd the people like cattle into a line six inches apart from each other when they have a 400,000 square foot building that if they just let them go, they wouldn't be on top of each other. Everyone would be spaced. It's a control thing, man. They want, they want to show, they want to show they're making a fool out of the people by showing, look at you guys be good little peasants and do this. But you know, what was really interesting though, even about that is that because the media would show one thing, but then when you would actually go to these stores, like I can't tell you the amount of times I went into Home Depot without a mask. Oh yeah, I never and, wore one. Yeah, and um, the people would never tell you anything. The workers wouldn't tell you anything. It was very rare that you would see people getting into it because of these regulations. It was like in my, in my experience, I know that other people might've had other experiences, but it was very rare, you know, and that's why I knew what the media was trying to do because yeah. they would show <clears throat> clips of maybe one situation that happened, you know, who knows where, and then they would blow that out of proportion, you know. But once you would actually, once you were there, it was kind of like people were just being people, and it was kind of like just, hey, if you had it on, you had it on. If you didn't, they would just leave you alone. Yeah, I didn't get left alone so much. I got harassed, but I didn't wear, I refused. Like, Yeah, see, so everyone's this, experience was, yeah. yeah. yeah but I think, too, because... Um, they already knew you I, were. I was recognized, too. <laughs> so they, oh, there's that guy, get him. <laughs> but, like, I, you know, you just, you just never fold. Yeah. That's the thing, is never fold. Yeah. Uh, it's, man, yeah, I got stories that could go on and mm-hmm. on. But it's, I just got to a point when they would try to force me to put a mask on or something. I just tell them, call the cops. Yeah. Are you a doctor? Yeah. No? Then why are you trying to give me medical advice right now? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, mind your own business. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was crazy times, crazy yep. times. But now let's let's fast forward, man. And, and one thing I do, though, want to acknowledge, man, and um, one thing I do want to acknowledge is because I know people might be hearing this and, and everyone's experience during COVID was different. Mm-hmm. You know, it really was. And I know that there were some people that even did lose loved ones during that time, you know, and I, myself, I want to make sure that, you know, 
it does this doesn't take away from that of course you know yeah. we we don't we want to make sure that people understand that you know what we're not saying that what happened you know you know is you know did it happen you know no we we want to acknowledge that you know because people did lose fathers you know people did lose mothers people did lose family members and we don't want to take away our our whole goal here is we're sharing an offbeat story we're sharing a story you know, of, 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 of you, your story, right. you know, what you had to go through as a business owner, as a future husband, you know, um, you know, what you had, the fight that you had to go through during this time, because, you know, at the end of the day, you were just thinking about the human, you right. were thinking about people, you know what I mean? And so we want people to understand that because people might say, oh, that, that's insensitive, you know, so what are you saying that all of this, you know, we want to acknowledge, you know, if you lost a loved one, if you lost a family member, you know, our deepest, deepest sympathy, you know, because, you know, we know that losing a loved one. I know I lost my grandma, um, you know, in the beginning of 2021. It wasn't to COVID, you know, but losing her was very, very hard, you know, and mm -hmm. even a, a great mentor of ours. Um, and also in the beginning of 2021, you know, he did he did pass away from COVID, you know, and he was a great pastor mentor, Pastor Armando Ortega, you know, so um, his family are great people. And, and so, you know, we don't want to take away from that. Just, no, yeah, of course not. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing too, that, you know, I didn't just open up, Yeah, you know, I like, I know a lot of people in, in the high desert and there's four hospitals up there. So I made mm -hmm. sure to dig through all the people that I knew between doctors, nurses, everything else, yeah. see what was going on. And out of a population of about 500,000 people, they only had like five cases. Right. So it's like the math isn't adding up here. And then, yeah. you know, like that, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But right. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. There's, there's definitely loss there. Um, and there's, it, it goes both ways. It goes yeah. COVID loss. It could be mental health loss, right. suicide, drugs. Yeah. You know, so it's like I, I was listening to a podcast last night to where um, they, they were talking about a black rhino. And, you know, rhinos, you can't hunt, but a black rhino is a rhino that goes and kills all the, all the males. Like it's killing males, it's tearing up soils, it's doing all that type of stuff. So, and then at some point that black rhino becomes invaluable as far as breeding to keep the culture going, but it's still a black rhino. So what they do is they put, uh, they, they have people that have money, they, they let them go hunt them and they pay a fee that goes to anti-poachery and all that type of stuff because they need to preserve what's going on, you know, within, um, within all the right, with the rest of the rhinos to be able to continue to be around basically. Right. You go, if you go through an area and kill out all the males and there's only one male and it's not fertile anymore, and then there's not any other males to have any other bloodlines. So they have to take out the black rhino. Mm -hmm. So in this case, it's kind of like that because you have, you can't pick both sides. Right. You know what I mean? So you can't pick, oh, you know, like mental health is going to kill people. So let's just focus on this part. But then, oh, wait, COVID is going to kill people. So we got to focus on this part too. But then right. it cancels out this. You have to you have to pick a path and then just go with it. Right. And make sure that you do as much as you can to yeah. be informed on it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. And let's fast forward now to... 2021. Okay. Um, so talk a little bit about that because you were at uh, the Capitol, right? Mm -hmm. During January 6th yep. of 2021. You think I can use the restroom before we get in that? That way we're yeah. at, a, we're at yeah. a good point sure. right there to where we can I can easily remember. All right. So 
we are back. And um, yeah, man, so we are now on January 6, 2021, man. And uh, so talk to us a little bit about that, man. What happened? So uh, obviously Trump, um, he asked everybody to show up January 6th. For so it was a, ra- it was for a rally. It was a rally, yeah. Okay. So my, uh, I went with a couple of the uncles that I spoke about earlier. They're, they're retired police officers now. I went with them to the Capitol. My uncle called me up. I was in Arizona, and he said, hey, you want to go to uh, the rally? And I was like, of course. Like, I was wanting to go anyways. I just never got around to getting the tickets type of deal. Yeah. And I was like, of course. He's like, all right, well, we're leaving at 4 in the morning. And I'm in Arizona, and we're supposed to be leaving L.A. So I was like, all right, um, well, I'll see, you, I'll see you there then. And then uh, so we drove all the way back from Arizona. I got all my stuff together, drove all the way to L.A., and then got on a flight, went to went to D.C., well, went to Virginia, and then took the train to D.C. And it was, uh, it was surreal, man. It was so amazing. There was, you know, there I would say there's close to a couple million people there. The media won't show it. But there's a couple million people there. It was the most diverse and uh, the energy, like, I can't even explain it. Like, there was yeah. a, there, like... I, when I looked over where the, um, what's that thing? The monument, the tall spike thing that's in D.C. Uh, and there's like hills and stuff right there. Okay. And there it's just flooded with people, American flags. Like it looked like something from Braveheart, but just with like a chill. Like we're not going to war. We're just like, it just, it was just amazing. Yeah. It was just uh, a rally. Yeah. It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was amazing. And then, you know, the, the one thing too is, you know, the media will paint out, oh, a bunch of white racist Trump supporters, this and that. No, yeah. if anything, the whites were the minority there. And the, I would say the people that had the strongest stance were the Chinese Americans. They were passing out NCCP, Chinese Communist Party, um, basically showing, you know, we've seen this before, like literature everywhere yeah. on every, everywhere you could find, they, they were, they were doing the biggest push to really wake people up. Yeah. So, um, it was awesome. Uh, it was freezing. And then, you know, towards the end of the, at the end of the speech, Trump said, we're going to go to the Capitol. And um, I was like, all right, cool, I'm going. My uncle, like, he had problems with his feet and stuff, so they went back, and I went I went on my own. So then I get there, or I start getting there, and I start, like, recognizing, like, different stuff. Like, you know, like, rewinding to when I said, like, the federal employees, their eyes were really dilated. Well, the same goes for people that are involved with Antifa. They're just, it's either that they're so emotionally blown out or they're under something, or something is going on. They're just not right. You could see it in the eyes. And I started seeing a lot of people like that that, like, had, like, random stuff, like an upside-down flag or, you know, like, just stuff, just random stuff that wasn't, and they didn't, they didn't look like they were there for good intention. So I started, like, kind of picking that out. Then I saw people getting off of buses um, then I saw people changing into Trump attire, like, you know, behind trees and all over the place. And mind you, it's like, I don't know how cold it was, but it was cold. Mm-hmm. Like I had like three layers of pants on three jackets. Like it was that cold. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we get there. Uh, I walked right up to the Capitol on the upper level. The doors were open. The, the people, it was, they had red ropes set up. People were high-fiving the cops. I have a video on my phone of people high-fiving the cops, telling them they love them. Old ladies walking in front of me. It was it was literally what they did, looking back on it, is they set a trap because they needed to push an agenda. And mind you, 
like this is the this is the capital of the United States. We couldn't get within over a mile of the White House, but we could walk through the Capitol. And that's what it was. It was a tour. They put up red ropes. They ran us through. They directed us like cattle. I mean, I have old ladies in front of me that could barely walk go, taking the tour. Yeah. So um, that's that's what it was, <clears throat> what they painted it out to be. Um, when I got back to my hotel room, I saw what the media was doing, and I instantly did a post on my story because you know I had a lot of eyes on it at the time. And I did a post on my story, and it said something like, uh, you know, Antifa and BLM, uh, there was some agitators. But um, how did I say it? Long story short, there's a power struggle going on. It's not what it shows in the media, like type of deal. Yeah. And um, I ended up getting that sent to me down the road because my accounts were taken. Somebody saved it when they saw it, and then they sent it to me later on. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, everybody saw how they painted it out, insurrection, this and that. Like, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't like what the media said. And then you got to ask yourself, too, why, why did Pelosi reject 20,000 National Guard from the Trump administration? Why? You know, like, because they wanted people to come in and walk through. Nobody would be able to walk through if they had 20,000 guards out there. But if there's no guards and they're letting people in, they're unlocking doors, then they can paint their agenda. And another thing I want to point out, I, I believe that Trump uh, stopped speaking around 2 o'clock, and it was like an hour walk or something. I don't know exactly, 45 minutes to an hour. When, like, they were showing all the fighting stuff going on with, like, the police and the gates and all that stuff, that was at 1 o'clock. So why were they doing that show before everybody left where they were? Because everybody was at the White House and at the Monument and all that. Mm -hmm. So why would they... Why was that going on at one o'clock when nobody was even there yet? Make sense? I mean, I don't want to say nobody, but the majority of the crowd yeah. that's there, they were there to listen to Trump. And the majority of the crowd, because I, I saw it, I watched it, didn't leave until it was like whatever time it was, two o'clock or whatever. Yeah. So that's crazy. So, and, and, and I'm just going based off what you saw. Yeah. You know, I'm, exactly. I'm allowing you to tell <clears throat> exactly. your side of the story because. Honestly, like it, when it comes to that, man, I really don't know what happened. I wasn't there, you know what I mean? And and of course, it's only what the media painted, of you course. know. And and even with that, you know, it was still, you know, just kind of very confusing, mm -hmm. you know, as to what happened, why it happened, you know. But just to kind of like be clear, though, like you just walked mm -hmm. pretty much, like you basically just walked in. I mean, that's as far as you went, as far right. as your involvement there at the Capitol. And that's, correct? and that's all I saw going on too. Yeah. So remember that, like there was, yeah, there was tons of people all outside the Capitol going yeah. through the Capitol. And another point that I want to add is if I got arrested, which I did, there should have been tens of thousands of people arrested. But what they did is they went through and selected people. So they're at like 800 and something arrests right now. And yeah. I'm one of them. Well, look at look at my history prior with COVID. That's what I was going to say. I mean, yeah. Get this. This yeah. is you're going to trip on this. So the day I got arrested, got out that night. By the time I got out, the Google page, the white Google page, had a picture of me saying the gym owner that defied COVID arrested for felonies, firearms, which is all lies. What well, made it made a good headline? Yeah. Oh yeah. The headlines yeah. were everywhere. Yeah. So. You think about that, like I was the poster boy for COVID, the, right. or maybe not poster boy, but, you know, of resistance. 
and then they want to try to destroy me over here because I took a tour of the Capitol. Yeah. So it's all, there's no coincidence. That's crazy. It is. And, and so, and I mean, did they have any images of you like doing anything? No. So they don't. There's nothing. There. It's so, so our, when they. So when they pointed you out, when they finally said, "Okay, we're you know, boom, you know, here's another headline for him." What happened after that? Well, here's the thing too that I want to point out: the Capitol is the people's house. We own it. So, I mean, you can go all the way into the Constitution and see what it says about invalid or uh, yeah, invalid leaders and how they how they should be removed by the people. So the, it's a people's house. It's always open for tours. Yeah, sh- shoot, you even check it on Google that day. You can go do a tour of the Capitol, right? So, um, you know, they, they talk about this insurrection. I kind of lost my train of thro- thought right there. but Well, because you're saying it's, it's uh, the people's house. Yeah, it's the people's house. But now it's you're a domestic terrorist if you were there that day, but it's the people's house and it was over an invalid election, a fraudulent election. You know, people can agree or disagree with that all they want. Facts are facts. But, um, man, I forgot where I was going with that. I totally just spaced it right now. I had a good one, though. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think you were saying, well, because you're it's the people's house. You're there. They're labeling labeling you as a domestic terrorist. Oh, so that's what I was going to say. Okay. I didn't do anything wrong. Literally, I didn't do yeah. anything wrong. I walked through our house. I didn't, I was, I was witnessing, if anything, oh, this is another thing. So uh, this is 666. So this is, this is a devil symbol, right? The, the guys that were walking through that I kind of like, I could hear something. They're like giving each other props, like of something maybe that happened earlier or something. I don't know. They would, they would call their names, and they were in, like, full military gear, too. So, and these were the guys that I was considering Antifa because the way they looked and the way they acted. When they would give each other props, they would do this, which is a six, three times, six, six, six. And they were, like, giving props. And, like, what I told you earlier, it's a spiritual warfare. And they, the other side of that, the dark side of that, they use symbolism on everything, everything. And this is being one of them. So I have that going on. So I was, in my mind, I was like, well, I see this, but why is this? So like, for me, it was literally a tour. And I was like, I'm so into this stuff that I want to see like, what's, what the heck's going on? Right. You right. know what I mean? So there's a lot of yeah, curiosity you just, there. You're just there. You're just there for, you know, based off what you're saying, you're there. You're, you were invited to a rally, mm-hmm. a rally you've been wanting to go to for some time. You decided to go. You know, you you step away. You decide to go towards the Capitol. You know, you're you're walking in. You got people in front of you. You're not doing anything. You're not breaking into anything. You're just walking through. So I mean, it just it's it just really sounds like you know there if there was an agenda, you know, what I mean, you were just there at the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh yeah, and I fit the part perfect. And I'm, you happen I'm, to yeah. I'm loud. I'm conservative. I'm white, so they want to paint, you know, they want to, yeah. oh, white racist, white racist. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you go back to that and the, the 800 and something people that were arrested, and I'm telling you, tens of thousands took the same tour that I did, which I don't want them to get arrested. I, would, I don't want any of that. I'm just yeah. saying, like, yeah. why is it that they pick certain people? And um, I can tell you why with me because of all the, the COVID and fighting back. And then you want to yeah. go even deeper. Nancy Pelosi is Newsom's aunt. So there's, there's always going to be, you know, some type of relation there with something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but that's, uh, I did the tour. 
I think they they came the FBI came by probably two weeks later because okay. I mean I was I posted stuff I didn't I wasn't trying to hide anything yeah. I didn't do anything wrong you right. know so um, I posted and then obviously all the trolls at FBI I was on the FBI's list and all yeah. that stuff and then so they came they interviewed me the interview was so structured it was ridiculous. And I don't blame the guys, like the beat FBI guys, because it's all those three-letter agencies are dirty, and it comes from the top down. So they were doing what they were told. But, um, yeah, they had an agenda. Like their sheet was literally everything that you hear in the media. Are you a racist? Are you a proud boy? Do you belong to Q? Um, just all all those type of the stuff that you hear, like them saying conspiracy theories and all that stuff. Right. That's what they were trying to paint on me, like. But I wasn't allowing it because it's not one. It's not true. Two, they're trying to lead their questions where they want them. Yeah. So uh, they ended up coming back a week later and arresting me in the morning. Um, I literally told them I was like, "You're really messing with me right now." When you know people are literally burning down our streets and killing people, and you guys are coming to get me. Like, right. you know, and I, I just, I, I had some words with them, but, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty much where that one ended right there. And then mm-hmm. after that, that was, that was all the easy stuff. So after the questioning, <clears throat> what, after the questioning, like how did they arrest you that at that moment? The second one. Yeah. So they, so first they came, they questioned you, they gathered their mm-hmm. intel, whatever, you know, like they needed, once they gathered that they left and then how long? Well, I want to add something else too. There's, um, if you look up the documentary Capital Punishment, the movie, uh, that goes into pretty good detail. There's some stuff that's skewed on it, but they did a pretty good job. And uh, dang, I forgot where I was going to go with that one, too. Capital was part, Punishment. Was it part of the questioning that they were doing? Yeah, so they... Re-ask your question again. So after they question you, they gather their intel. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, know. that's what it was. So... If you watch that documentary, um, a lot of these people, the FBI comes come in blazing, kicking in doors, smoke bombs, like little kids in their rooms, like because it's all a bunch of people that are. It's a, mainly a bunch of blue collar people that showed up at the rally and that they were messing with after that, right? right. So uh, I was lucky enough that that didn't happen, but it's it's from what I understand is it's because they went to our local county and. They said he's not going to be a problem type of deal, so they came early in the morning, and then that's at least what the the San Bernardino County officer told me that was there that day. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got the lighter end of it compared to, like, a lot of other people. You know, you think being home with your wife and your kids, and then yeah. all of a sudden the FBI comes in your house with guns blazing, pointing at your five-year-old daughter or whatever, and that's what they were doing to these people around the country. So and I, I highly recommend uh, capitalpunishmentthemovie.com. Check that out, and it'll kind of go in a little bit more intel on it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, and so after they gather, they question you, they do all that. How long after they do they come back to to actually arrest you? It was a week later. The second time later. was a week later. And then that's when they they you know they read you your charges and, and yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy, man. You know, and it 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 just. <laughs> And I know it's not anything similar, man. Like it's probably nothing close to similar. But you know, when you're sharing all this, man, it just it just brings back a lot of memories, like yeah. bad memories. You know what I mean? Like because I've been in interrogation rooms. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When I was younger, when I was 17, 18 years old. You know, I know what it is to, um, 
you know, when people have an agenda, yeah, you know, when they they have their angle, mm-hmm. you know, and there's nothing you say, nothing you do that is going to sway them from no. that. You know, they when they want facts, they're gonna they're gonna pin those facts one way or another. You know what I mean? And so, what's going through your mind, man? Like, what is honestly happening? Like, like for what, the what, most what are, part, what are you feeling, bro? Like, like. Li- like, be real. Be real. Yeah. Like, you know, what? what's, like, what? Well, you got to think, like, from where my my mindset was, I'm there to support our freedom. I'm there to also get another eye on what's going on. And then here, like, to see the, because the, the, what's going on right now is the government is, it's um, weaponized against the citizens. I mean, let's go a little bit deeper. You look at like the borders being wide open and all the drugs coming in, but they you don't think that they could stop that? Like with our military and our resources, you don't think that you can stop all the drugs coming across the border? Then they get across the border, then what happens? They turn our citizens into criminals. And as of right now, like for me, for example, they turn me into a criminal. I'm on federal probation. I can't do anything that I could normally do with traveling, anything else. But then you think about drugs, use drugs as an example. They let it all across the border. It gets into the hands of people. They start selling, dealing, doing whatever. Then it it criminalizes them. So then when they get felonies and all the other stuff, what do they lose? Their rights, gun rights, travel rights, freedom, you know, probation, parole, all that type of stuff. So they're they're weaponized against us right now. What, What was the capital? What did that do? It weaponized the government against freedom fighting citizens like me that were just taking a tour yeah. of our building yeah. that we own. And, and it's, it just seemed like it was, it was a way of labeling, mm-hmm. you know, it was a way yep. of labeling you guys to, you know, because it didn't seem, you know, and, and people might disagree. People might agree. You know, it really doesn't matter. You know, this is just my opinion. You know, you guys were just pretty much there doing, you know, what, you know, any other party would do at a rally. Get know? this, get this one. And I, I have a feeling that it came from somebody in the government. I got a, um, a unanimous letter in the mail <clears throat> to an address that's not synced to my name. But it's, I, I mean, it's it's out there, like I use it, but like it's not to my name. So it's not mm-hmm. like you could do a Google search or something like that and get my address. Right. So I got a four-page letter. And what it said was there was somebody that was arrested for this in their family for the same charges that I was that ended up taking his life because he couldn't handle the stress from all the media and all everything coming down on him. Um, And they also just told me, like, you know, basically stay with God, stay away from alcohol, stay away from drugs. And um, then they also provided like I think it was like 15 links. They were were tight, but they were links. Mm -hmm. And it was from 2017 to 2019. How many times the same exact situation happened in either the DOJ, the Capitol, whatever in D.C.? Right after Trump got elected, they went through and rioted the whole city. And no arrests, no arrests, no arrests on any of them. And but then you have January six, yeah, and it's the people that are well, that, the people that are standing yeah, up well, for that, our rights. Yeah, well, that's that's what's pretty crazy about it because, I mean, I'm not going to go too far. I'm I'm going to talk about what I know, you mm-hmm. know, and here in San Bernardino, you know, when when riots erupted here in San Bernardino, 
I mean, they destroyed so much within mm-hmm. the city. I mean, our city's already here in San Bernardino. Anyone that knows San Bernardino, you know, it's a it's a pretty impoverished city. You know, it's a great city with great potential. But the reality is that, man, it, it needs a lot of help. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's struggling, you know. And so, I mean, you had so many people burn down places, break windows. You know, the aftermath, they were able to catch a lot of people, you know, because through the, the cameras or, you know, a lot of people social media and things like that you know they were bragging about what they did so they were able to catch a few individuals but they didn't label them as a domestic terrorist you know they Mm -hmm. didn't label them as that if anything they they just probably got booked many of them just got a fine they just got a ticket you know they had to show up to court pay that fine and and that was that you know well think about this pay restitution maybe but but they weren't labeled you know that, so that's why I'm, I'm yeah. it's, it's think, crazy. Think about that's this for a second. Crazy. Let's go back to 9-11. And, you know, it definitely happened. People lost their lives. It was horrible. Yeah. But what didn't happen was the story. What really happened is, and watch a documentary. This is how I, I really got into, like, paying attention to what's going on. I was 17 years old. It was 2001. I woke up to the second plane hitting the towers on TV, Right. So it just so happened that the week before or two weeks before or something, I happened to watch a documentary on controlled demolition. Just so happened. And then I see the towers fall. And then I, I, had a, I was having a conversation with my uncle, and I was like, that's a controlled demolition. And then he started, like, re- looking at it. Wait a minute. You're right. Like, so anyways, what came from 9-11? The Patriot Act. What came from the Patriot Act? TSA and Homeland Security both violations of constitutional rights. So now fast forward to me being a domestic terrorist. What would happen to a terrorist going through an airport in this day and age? Imagine that. And that's my girl, me. Uh, we like You miss so flights, that, you sleep in airports. You so that's to, something you have to deal with anytime you want to fly. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. I, I, I remember that too. I remember... I remember after, um, after 9-11 that happened, I was actually in Mexico. I was... Mm-hmm. I was I lived out there for two years, from like 13 to 15. I was 15 when that happened. And um, I remember I traveled, happened September, obviously. Um, I came back February, February of the following year, February or March, somewhere around that time. And I had to miss two flights. Yep. Two flights because, you know, back then, like it's true, you were, you know, right now what you're saying, it makes sense. You know, back then, you would go through the airports like nothing. You know, we would travel freely. You know, it was, you know... Uh, our parents would show their identification, whatever, you know, board the plane, whatever. So I didn't have any form of identification or anything, you know, because I, that's just how we traveled prior mm-hmm. to 9-11. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, like once I tried to, they're like, no, you know what, we, we, you need your birth certificate. Okay, well, fax it over to me. They were able to fax it. Oh, we need an ID that goes along <laughs> with this. I said, oh, man, like, and then my mom was like, oh, I got oh, oh, your school ID. I said, yeah, yeah, send that. But it kept faxing in like black and white. They couldn't see it. wasn't It wasn't legible. So I ended up missing two flights that same day. Had to rebook, you know, a flight a week later. And in Mexico, it's uh, you know, there's snail mail. You know what I mean? So yeah. The back then it was like it wasn't like today, you know. And I would have to. We called it. It's an express. They come in a little motorcycle and they hand deliver the mail to you. So I had to wait for that. I had to wait for my school ID. And then I was able to board, you know, Jeez. the plane and everything. So it was, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty yeah. crazy. So, so I mean, 
you know, it's I'm not into I'm not into that, you know, that type of, uh, you know, uh, I'm not that watchful about things, you know, the way you are. You yeah. know what I mean? And and again, that's I, 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 I respect you, you know, for that, you know, nothing against it, you know, that's not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, it, and, and for me, it's not really for me. You know, what I mean, like I'm 100 percent honest, you know, but, you know, I look at these little details of what you're going through, man, and I just can't help, you know, but to think, you know, that is, it's just sad to see, you know what I mean? Number one, because I know what it is, man. I know what it is to be labeled something and, you know, to be persecuted for that label. You well, know? And what, what people really have to ask themselves, and this is what, I mean, I kind of, I laugh at it. Yeah. Like, what are they so scared of? Like, why do they have to go and do, like, turn tax-paying productive citizens into domestic terrorists because they don't agree with their agenda. Yeah. So that's what, what we really have to ask our, ask ourselves as to why they, like, why are they making a big deal out of nothing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, and that is, that is a mind boggling question. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, like why, why, why go to that extreme you know, to label you something like yep. that, you know? <clears throat> and, and what is that? What does that kind of tell you, though, like as far as, man, like, um, you know, the, the power that, you know, our government is able to, to, well, it's, I mean, to practice, you know, over us? Yeah, it's, uh, this is what I tell people. You know, people think because politicians or celebrities or whatever that there's not going to be criminals. We got criminals in the streets. Yeah. You don't think that we're going to have criminals with where all the power is and all the money is? Oh, 100%. So, yeah. That's what we have to look at. It's not technically our government. The government has gotten way too big. We've given up way too much of our freedoms over the years. Yeah. And I think that it needs to be shrank. And at that point, you know, giving power back to the people will be will will make the world a better place. Like yeah. for example, I'll just use it for an example. You know, some average guy sees some girl getting robbed in the parking lot. He doesn't want to interfere because he's afraid of dealing with the cops or anything or, you know, if you were to hurt the guy or this or that or this or that. Right. It put like the the government control has caused that in our society. Mm -hmm. So it almost makes for a weaker society because then people know that other the the chance of somebody, some stranger checking in or stepping in, stepping in, stepping in and helping that lady um, are very low. So that's why there's more and more of it. Because yeah. the the power has been taken away from the people, so over the, over a period of time, I hope what will happen is the government will shrink, and um, the power will be given back to the people. <clears throat> okay, all right. No, yeah, man, it's it's really interesting, man, and and everything that you've had to go through and everything that you're going through, and just you know the the future for you. You know what I mean? Because you know, again, different situations, but. You know, I know, and I kind of, I know we even, right now when we took a little break, we kind of even talked about where, you know, we, you know, I've had my share mm-hmm. of arrests in my past, you know, so you talking about all this, like, really brings back a lot of those memories, you know, because, you know, it's, it's, we know too well, I know very well that, you know, corruption is very real, you know, yeah. it, it, it is, you know what I mean? I mean, in, you know, being on both sides of the border, you know, I've lived in Mexico, I've lived here, you know, and, and you've seen, I, I've seen it with my very own eyes, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, so I know we're not exempt from it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and the influence within, 
even within that realm, you know what I mean? Like I, I saw it firsthand even as a kid, you know what I mean? I saw saw good people in power and I saw bad people in power, you know what I mean? And so just as there's, you know, I believe that, you know, that it is a fight versus good and evil. It really is, you know, and we have to, it's, I don't know, I don't have the answers on how exactly, you know, we're going to win some of these things back, you know what I mean? I I, I think uh, I heard you a little bit on one of your interviews that your future, you want to go into politics, right? Yeah. Um, so definitely, and that's what we have to do. Yeah. Start at the local level. Start in your schools. Like, you start seeing stuff that shouldn't be taught to your kid being taught to your school. Go straight to the school, school board. Yeah. Gather the parents. Remove the school board immediately. And the same thing with local politics, council, and all that type yeah. of stuff. Get involved. Yeah. See what's going on. Like, for example, I was sitting on a town hall the other day. And I got into it with, um, not got into it, but got in a, a verbal um, conversation with uh, Paul Cook's representative. And, you know, up there we're short on police officers, just like down here. Yeah. And uh, he, was, he was bragging about, it was like a million bucks that they took. And, oh, we're going to put Wi-Fi all over the Mojave Narrows, which is like a natural, a natural, um, area to go hang out and, you know, chill. And they're, they're going to take a million dollars and put Wi-Fi in an outdoor area where you're supposed to disconnect anyways. So then what comes with Wi-Fi cameras, security, more control, more visibility. Like you're not, you're not detached anymore. Yeah. So the argument was like, why are you taking a million dollars and spending it on this when we don't want it and not putting a million dollars into the police force? Yeah. And he was, Oh, well, it's a grant. We got to take it. And you just said the state's broke. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we got to start there. That's a good point. That's a good point. You know, and, and it's I know for a lot of people, it's hard to get involved with that type of stuff. You know, for me, honestly, I'll be 100 percent honest, you know, and I know we even talked about it. Like for me, it's very difficult because it's it's one of those things that for me, like I, I'd rather just be like, again, I go back to my my core beliefs, my core values, my core beliefs. And and I just say, man, you know what? I I. I, I feel I feel better, you know, on this side to where, man, you know what, let, how can I reflect Jesus better? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that politicians have no way of doing right. that, you know, in no way. I'm not saying that, you know, I believe that. I believe that, you know, people in politics, you know, should be able to reflect, you know what I mean, you know, their faith and, and their core beliefs, their core values, you know, because regardless, that's exactly what they're doing. People in power, people in positions, at the end of the day, they're going to reflect and they're going to back whatever their core beliefs are at the end of the day. They're going to create laws. They're going to do that. So that's why I'm all for it, you know, and and my prayers go out to people that want to, that desire to go into politics and, and back things up and, um, you know, that have good belief systems, good core values, and they desire to see good in their communities. You know, I, I and even those that don't, my, my prayers are still with them. You know what I mean? Like I always, um, you know, my thing is, is uh, there's a scripture in the Bible where it says that, you know, pray for those in authority, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they, they govern us, you know, and, and me, I feel like my job is more that, is to tell people stories, but at the same time, like, I just, you know what, I'm going to pray for those in power, you know what I mean? And pray and, 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 and for some people say like, well, that's probably not enough. Well, that's, that's me, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, definitely, man, like, I, I, I respect that. That's what you want to pursue. You know, I definitely wish you the best. You know what I mean? I believe that all these experiences have definitely opened your eyes to a new, whole new realm. 
you know what I mean, where you're going to be able to really, you know, defend the people, you know, and their right. core values, you know, <clears throat> I think that we need more people like that in um in our cities it's another it's another form of uh community service exactly I guess you could say. yeah you know, and it's not again it's not for everybody but yeah. uh the way that i feel is uh, i'm not a i'm not afraid to say what's right and what's wrong yeah and i'm a counter puncher and i think this day and age we need a bowl in a china shop we don't need somebody that's going to have a pretty smile and tell you what you want to hear yeah so yeah no definitely <laughs> man and so well um that's gonna that's all the time we have okay right now man um bro that was awesome that really was man that was an interesting conversation man and and uh you know my hat's off to you man like you know uh, much respect man um i want you to know that what i see and, and i'm glad that you were able to share your story with me because i'm not here to judge you right i'm not here to say what is correct and what's not i was just here to allow you to share your story and uh people are gonna have their opinions but your skin has been, you know, toughened up enough, I can see and I can tell, man, that, you know, you, that doesn't sway you, you know what I mean? And, and that's what it's about. That's the message that I want to communicate to people out there. Don't be afraid to sit down with people you that maybe you, you might agree with. You never know. You might agree with some of the things that they also agree with. Don't allow mainstream media, don't allow, you know, influences, outside influences to make you believe something about someone else just blindly. Form your own opinion. Learn how to sit down with people. We got to stop the hate, man. The more, the sooner, I, that's one thing I do believe. The sooner we're, we're able to understand that people don't have influence over us, that we're not easily controlled, and that we are capable of forming our own opinions about people and individuals, man, I believe that that day, is going to be the day when our world starts getting better. Our communities will start getting better. We will be able to work together because, man, this hate, this spread, all that, man, it needs to it needs to be put to the side, man. And and don't be afraid to stand up also, though, for what you believe. You know, if you believe in something, if that's your core value, if that's your belief, that's your principle, then that's your right. You know, right? Yep. Jacob, yep. that's our right to be able to believe in the things that we believe in. Well, and just a word of advice to everybody. If the media or the government's pointing at it, look the other way. See what, because it's all distraction based. So if there's something going on that they don't want you to see, start a race war over here. Do this. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's the flick of a button. They can yeah. do it. Especially this day and age with media. One thing I want to leave on real quick, just yeah. to kind of give people a fun little cookie crumb. And this has been like this since the day that Biden came into office. Type in Antifa.com on your address bar. I'll tell you where it goes. It goes to the WhiteHouse.gov. The WhiteHouse.gov is the most powerful, influential site in the world that cannot be hacked. And if it was, it'd be taken down immediately. So that's a cookie crumb. And you can look into the 19th president and all that type of stuff, too, on the theory on that. But just ask yourself. Why is Antifa.com forwarded to the WhiteHouse.gov? And why is nobody talking about it? And then I'll leave it with one more thing. The Trump administration declared Antifa a terrorist organization in 2019, I think it was, or 20 or something, and confiscated their domain names. So the government was in control of Antifa.com. Why is it forwarded to Antifa Joe, is what Trump would call Joe Biden? Why is it forwarded to the WhiteHouse.gov? That's it. There you have it. And then you create your own perspective <laughs> yep. based off that, guys. So, man, this was Offbeat Podcast. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another offbeat story. That was an offbeat story, bro, man. So <laughs> thank you so much, Jacob, for yep. being with us, man, for taking your time. You know what I mean? The gym, <clears throat> HD, the gym. Um, look him up. I'm going to have all his social media platforms there, um, you know, his gym. Thank you guys for tuning in, man. This was Offbeat Podcast. Let's go, baby. Nice. Good job, dude. <laughs>